Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the EVTOR Insights Podcast, a brilliant show featuring guests from companies in the EVTOR aircraft and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insights into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Debjani Ghosh and Marilyn Bescher from H2Fly. The company was founded by five engineers from the German Aerospace Center in Stuttgart and the University of Ulm and is working to deliver the market the first qualified fully hydrogen electric aircraft powertrain. By bringing hydrogen fuel cell technology to the next level, H2Fly will unlock the era of emission-free sustainable air travel. The company develops hydrogen electric propulsion systems for aircraft and is a global leader in the development and testing of such systems. The HY4, the world's first hydrogen electric passenger aircraft, first took off in 2016, demonstrating both the feasibility and potential of the technology for the aviation of the future. H2Fly is a powerful network of partners in industry and research and is currently working to accelerate its technology development and commercialization with the support of German and European partnerships. In just a few years, hydrogen electric aircraft are expected to be able to transport 40 passengers over distances of up to 2,000 kilometers. Debjani is H2Fly's design and development engineer. Her role is critical to the operation of the company's technology and is largely responsible for the simulation of electrical and electrochemical components and systems. Whereas as the project manager for funding projects and processes, Mara is part of the team building the innovative Hydrogen Aviation Centre at Stuttgart Airport, helping to accelerate sustainable aviation and hydrogen infrastructure. Having studied responsible management at university, Mara also gives talks about the importance of decarbonising air sports, educating the industry about carbon footprint. So with all that, Debjani and Mara, thank you so much for joining me on the EVTOL Insights podcast. Thank you for having us, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Debjani, if I could start with you, please. So I've talked a bit more about your role as a design and development engineer. What could you tell me a bit more about your role within the company? And then Mara, we can talk about uh, your role as well, please. Yeah, so I'm working in H2Fly as design and development engineer, and my role uh, mainly is uh, I'm responsible for simulation of electrical components and systems, as well as electrochemical components such as fuel cells for the drivetrain of the aircraft. So before we um, go into um, fitting the components in into the aircrafts, we check different architecture with the simulation. We uh, choose the optimum architecture. Uh, we test with the components as well, and um, as well as the failure modes. Yeah, I am responsible for the project controlling and I am reporting financially to the funding authorities because hydrogen applications are not yet economical, but this does not make them any less necessary for a sustainable energy economy and to support the ramp up of the hydrogen economy. European and national funding programs are in place to provide um, incentives for companies like uh, H2Fly and consortia to uh, then develop technology and infrastructure. So part of my job is to put these funds to good use together with my colleagues. 
Excellent. Uh, thanks ever so much, both of you, for the introductions. Mara, if I could stick with you just for this next question, really, is earlier this year, we at EVTOL Insights reported that HTFly announced plans to build that hydrogen aviation centre at Stuttgart Airport that we announced uh, in the introduction. Are you able to tell our listeners a bit more about this development and the background behind it, please? The idea was to create a central hub for research uh, in the areas of hydrogen storage and hydrogen fuel cell systems and also electric drives. And we aim to have the entire, let's say, ecosystem that is needed to realize emission-free hydrogen electric aviation. And we and our project partners will have the opportunity opportunity to research and integrate innovative technologies in the field of hydrogen electric flights and then test them in the airport environment on the ground and in the air, which is perfect for us. Johnny, I don't know whether you're able to sort of um, add on to what um, Maris just said as well. Is there's a lot of talk about hydrogen aviation, and I know HTFly doing a lot of excellent work, of which we'll talk about in more detail uh, later in the conversation. But what role then do you feel HTFly can have, not only with this announcement, but also the the aviation industry in in future as the uh, as the years go on and we start making those breakthroughs? As we all know, the aviation industry is a major contributor to the greenhouse gas emissions and hydrogen as a fuel has the potential to significantly reduce these emissions. Um, High 4 from H2Fly uh, was the world's first hydrogen electric passenger aircraft that took off in 2016. It demonstrated both the feasibility and potential of this hydrogen technology for the aviation of the future. And uh, moreover, we all know that adoption of such a new or hydrogen fuel technology would require significant infrastructure investment, technological advancement. H2Fly has already started building the um, hydrogen aviation center for such future research and development of the technology. So all of these works are paving the way for the adoption of hydrogen as a fuel in the aviation industry. So I would say the impact of H2Fly on the aviation industry is to drive the change to emission-free flying in future and bring us more forward with sustainable air travel. Do you think that could be a bit of a catalyst to more of these aviation centres being set up? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we we all need a lot of aviation centres uh, for hydrogen to uh, have that infrastructure and to really be able to fly to, <laughs> to different countries. So I hope... Um, this gives uh, yeah hope to other to other companies um, to build those um, those centers too. I don't know if there's is there any updates that you might be able to share with us a kind of what the next you know couple of months or even the next years will have then at the hydrogen aviation center at Stuttgart. What what's the what's the next steps from H two Fly's perspective? We're we're just at the beginning and we need to to build <laughs> the, the to create the building the architecture to see how we uh, get the hydrogen, the liquid liquid or gaseous uh, hydrogen. There are a lot of steps, but I think now we have two years now from now. (laughs) There are a lot of things to do. So we talked a little bit about the HY4. You mentioned the world's first hydrogen electric passenger aircraft that first took off in 2016 as well. Um, Is there any more details that you're able to share of the aircraft since that first flight? Um, Is there any sort of projects that you've got and planned with it sort of in, in future? And 
also really what lessons did you learn from that as well because I can imagine there was a lot of breakthroughs in uh, in terms of that world's first hydrogen electric passenger aircraft that a lot of companies sort of took inspiration from themselves so I'd love to hear your thoughts on the HY4 and the impact that you think it's had on the industry uh, going forward too. Yeah so um, with HY4 um, well after the first demonstration of the flight there has been uh, significantly uh, research work and development work going on um, uh, to build a, um, uh, a aircraft that could travel uh, over more distance and um, already there was uh, flight testing of different generations of powertrains and um, uh, so for high or from H2 Fly, uh, we are also trying to develop components there that are um, that are more suitable for aviation industry, uh, not just taking any available um, component from the shelf. And also for future um, with high four. Uh, you already know that the project have an initiative that's going on that would uh, use liquid hydrogen with this aircraft. Excellent. Thanks ever so much, uh, Devjani. And, and we'll talk a bit more about the uh, the high four um, again at a later sort of time as well. And if I could just bring it back um, to sort of the uh, decarbonizing and the, the educating the industry about carbon footprint. So Mara, I know that you regularly give talks about the importance of this. And as I said, educating the industry about carbon footprints. But are you able to share any sort of key trends with our audience? Anything that you've been reading or you would uh, you feel that these these key trends that you'd like to share uh, just for, uh, for everyone's uh, sort of perspective as well? So in airsports, we are still at the very beginning of the journey uh, in many places. We have great divisions like gliding and microlight flying. And depending on the type of aircraft, the emissions are comparable to car travel and can even be close to zero. Uh, on the other hand, there are a lot of um, powered aircrafts with very old technology. Here, consumption is high and the potential for savings, unfortunately, very low. Um, and there's a lot of interest in battery electric propulsion. Um, the Slovenian manufacturer Pipistrel has designed the Electrovilis, a two-seater aircraft that makes a very good training aircraft with a flight time of about 45 minutes. So that's very good. And But to really reduce emissions, we need to replace aircraft where we can. We need to, uh, we need more efficient aircraft and engines that can fly on sustainable aviation fuels and the technology is there but the infrastructure is lacking for example. Excellent thanks Mara and Devjani I just wanted to bring you into the conversation as well are there any key trends that you're seeing at the moment when it comes to educating the industry about the carbon footprint and really that sustainable travel that we're all striving to achieve as well? Yes, so a trend that I'm observing is people are more aware of their carbon footprints. People are trying to be, let's say, more responsible traveler now. Um, like a few years back, if you say someone uh, a hydrogen-powered aircraft, nobody would believe it or just say that it's a concept. But now lots of people and are getting more aware and yeah, more concerned about uh, the the emissions. 
We reported again at the end of last year that H2Fly was appointed project lead of the Heaven Initiative, which is to design, develop and integrate an aviation powertrain based on high-performance fuel cells and cryogenic technology into an existing aircraft and then test it in flight. First of all, many congratulations on this achievement, but are you able to share any more details on what the roadmap looks like and a bit about the background as to why H2Fly got involved in this? Yeah, thank you. Um, um, it is a very exciting project. The integration um, work of the liquid hydrogen tank into fuselage is completed, and uh, we are currently preparing for first coupling test that will take place at the end of this month. Um, and coupling tests means that we are coupling uh, the fuel cell system with the new tank system. Um, and both integration work and coupling test will take place in Sassenange, with which is in France, at the facilities of our project partner, Air Liquide, and further tests, further ground tests are planned for the coming month. Excellent. Um, thank you very much for that, Mara. I'm wishing you all the very best with that going forward too. Um, I guess also just to, um, on top of all that work that you're doing with the Heaven Initiative and anything else, Jibjani, I don't know whether you would like to share with our audience any other um, projects that H2Fly are working on or really any anything uh, that you're sort of uh, the roadmap for 2023. I'd love to hear kind of anything else that H2Fly is working on at the moment as well. Um, so, yeah, um, we are working on several different projects and um, one of them is to uh, build a passenger aircraft and uh, do some uh, ground testing uh, with the hydrogen propulsion drivetrain and go on to um, uh, 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 more capacity. Oh wow! Excellent. That's uh, that sounds really exciting, and I think it's um, it's great. I know that we cover a lot from the advanced air mobility, so the shorter distances as well. But I definitely know that hydrogen will really help to unlock those uh, further travel, that regional air mobility as well. And I know a lot of people are uh, looking at the potential from that as well. So, it's is there anything you wanted to add from a uh, you know the future perspective in terms of uh, hydrogen unlocking that further travel? Um, I, I know we've talked a bit previously in the conversation about uh, reducing everyone's carbon footprint as well but it's uh, it's an exciting time to be in in terms of what HD flies doing with unlocking the, the the potential for for further distances I don't know whether you wanted to add anything else to journey about um, the the industry at the moment and where you think it's going and uh, and anything that's uh, that's really sort of exciting you in the field that you're working in yeah it is indeed very exciting so I'd say we are we are just standing at the brink of um of uh, going towards the new technology. So what I see around myself in H2Fly or in the aviation sector that now there are uh, more and more industries and companies are um, interested in developing such technologies and also developing components that could go into the technologies. So I would say this is, this is a very exciting period for all of us in aviation industry. Excellent. Thanks so much for that, Debjani. And Mara, just to bring you into the, the, the question as well, is there anything you wanted to add from uh, anything that you're um, sort of excited about or anything that you've seen that you're, you're really sort of uh, looking forward to in terms of this aviation and really unlocking that next, uh, uh, next step in, in transport that uh, we're hoping will be here sooner rather than later? Yeah. Um, what I really like is that we are thinking about um, regional aircrafts um, and that we're thinking about uh, a range of 2,000 kilometers, which is in Europe, um, 
the most of Europe, um, and that's that's very exciting. Um, and what I what I like at the current development uh, in the industry is that we are able to develop different technologies at the same time, and they all are uh, important. So we we don't need to choose between one or another technology. Uh, currently, it's good to. Uh, develop all of them, and we will have uh, different technology for um, different distances. So um, this this is something I really like. I'd love to sort of just move on very quickly just to a, a topic that we um, really keen to explore further. We've had some really um, um, great guests uh, like yourselves uh, on our podcast talking about this as well. And this is um, we're really passionate about helping to encourage that greater diversity in the av- aviation industry as well. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, if I could start with you, Mara, about how you feel the industry can encourage greater diversity in this space. And then I'll, I could sort of uh, step to you, Debjan, and see what uh, your thoughts might be as well. But it's a very important topic, but I'd love to hear your, your initial thoughts on it as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, it is very important. And um, I think um, one thing is if we take away a women's fear of not being considered for the, I don't know, great, important job as a mother, um, and that actually changes, we'll be uh, a lot further along. And it's not just about gender diversity. Uh, we have to manage to employ all marginalized groups on equal basis. And to do that, everyone has to start uh, with themselves and ask themselves where um, they are maybe unintentionally following biases instead of facts. Excellent. No, really appreciate that, Mara. Uh, thank you very much for that. And Dejani, if, if do you have any other thoughts that you would like to add to the conversation really about what the industry or you feel the industry could do to enable that greater diversity in the industry, uh, aviation industry? Because there's so many amazing individuals in this space. We want to sort of recognise the achievements and, and make sure everyone is, is sort of equally represented. Yes, so um, I agree with Mara's point, and I also think that it is best to encourage young people early in their education to pursue career in aviation industry. This can be done by uh, by the companies if they can create some opportunities to gain um, some practical experiences like internship programs or training programs, and. Um, yeah, the recruitment or hiring uh, has all, also the leadership of the companies should also ensure that they attract the diverse pools of candidates as well. And they can uh, start showing a workplace culture that values diversity and encourage people from different groups and sectors to come and to stay in this career. Excellent. A really excellent point, Sam, both of you as well. Thank you very much for that. And and I guess if I could also, if you don't mind me asking, really, I'd, I'd love to again hear sort of if there's any key barriers to entry for women or if you've experienced any challenges yourselves in, in your career as well. Um, I just know there's a lot of um, uh, women that listen to our podcast and are very keen to... Uh, as you said, Deb Johnny, enter into this space as well because there's so many amazing opportunities. But are there any, have you experienced any challenges in your careers uh, and are able to point to any, some of those key barriers to entry for women? Just, uh, I, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well, please. Yeah, so personally, I didn't face any difficulty in my career or in my work just because of my gender. However, I think there are still some barriers in general So, for example, as Marva mentioned, the stereotype and biases from um, both men and women, like 
men are more suitable for aviation jobs so there are some limited rooms of advancement for women um, so this should go and I would also say that for women particularly there are lack of role models in this industry uh, female engineers pilots or aviation professionals are still very um, relatively small numbers which means when a young woman aspire to join this industry, they may lack some visible role model to inspire them and show them what is possible. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for your insights, Debjani. And, and Mara, if I could turn to you as well, is there any other ad- added points you wanted to add to what uh, Debjani said as well about the uh, challenges or even any key barriers to entry for women that you, you might have seen? I think uh, male-dominated professions can be a little bit intimidating for some women, And uh, from my point of view, women not only need to dare more, uh, but men need to create an atmosphere in which they themselves and women can work with pleasure and appreciation. Completely agree, Mara. Thank you ever so much for that too as well. And just, again, the final question I had really was, what advice then would you give to any fem- any women sorry, that are aspiring to work in this sector as well? Uh, as I said, there's so many amazing people in this space. I think it is important to express one's own wishes and those of one's own generation and to find ways to come together instead of adapting exclusively to what one finds in a company. So I think uh, a lot of things are changing and um, we need to be part of that. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Mara. And Debjani, any fun, any advice that you'd give to uh, any, any sort of women that would be looking to uh, work in this sector as well? Yeah, so my advice would be to build a strong educational foundation, build a strong technical skills. If you have skills, nobody can stop you and be persistent. Uh, I know that pursuing a career in aviation or in any other field can be challenging, but don't give up. Excellent. I really appreciate both your thoughts, as always, as well with that. Um, it's been a really excellent conversation, uh, Mara Debjani. I wanted just to ask, Debjani, if I could start with you and then I'll finish with Mara, but is there any other final thoughts, anything you wanted to share with our audience about H2Fly, any of the work that you're doing uh, previously or currently, or even anything that you haven't already mentioned that you'd like to share? Um, any final thoughts, uh, Debjani, to start with you? Um, yeah, my final thoughts would be be curious, be innovative and don't let stereotypes or bias, be it a gender bias or be it a bias towards uh, traditional fossil fuels, discourage you, discourage you from pursuing your goals and achieve a better future. Very well put, Debjani. Thank you so much. And then, Mara, the last, the last words are with you. What would you like to say as your final thoughts for, for our conversation? I think the one important thing for me uh, is that for women in the industry and for all people building networks and working together on technologi- technological progress and uh, sustainable development is essential. Um, so the idea of cooperation is much more important than we often think. Um, if we don't manage to maintain biodiversity and reduce emissions to a healthy level, I think no one will con- congratulate uh, a company for being the only one that has managed to operate sustainably. So connect. <laughs> Excellent. I really appreciate uh, your final thoughts, Mara and Debjani. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to me and hearing more details about not only H2Fly and the projects, but also the, the excellent work that you're doing and, and sort of the, the advice you can give to those that are looking to enter this space as well. So I'd love to continue the conversations, but until then, thank you ever so much for your time and wishing you all the very best for the future. 
Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send me an email at editorial at evtalkinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.